Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today for a very, very boring episode by Eric. Allison, I I think I owe a lot of people an apology right up top. Okay, right. Uh, so, you know, I have a reputation of being a, a, a little bit of a curmudgeon. Mm-hmm. And in the past... One of the one of the uh, targets of my ire is people who would be like, "Oh yeah, the, this is the worst year ever." <laughs> um, and uh, I think, you know, I, I think, uh, I think it's, I think we're there. I think, I think I feel pretty confident that we're there. That this is the weirdest, the weirdest, terriblest year ever. Okay, but to uh, counter that narrative a little bit, and we're going to get into this, obviously, in the bad news section, but also plot twist, the good news section as well. (laughs) I feel like there's never been a better time to be on Twitter. Mm. Truly, every time I refresh it, I feel like there are just gold coins pouring out of Twitter. (laughs) My cup runneth over. And it's 100% schadenfreude. Like, it's not... There's no genuinely good news anymore. There's just our political enemies being punished. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. for me, in the year 2020 of our Lord Jesus Christ, that is good news. The fact that all of these hypocritical fucking Republicans, and once again, we'll get to it in the bad news slash good news section, because it's like the same thing these days. Um, That, for me is so richly rewarding. The fact that Trump, who has been calling COVID a hoax, now Mm -hmm. has it and had to be rushed to Walter Reed Hospital (laughs) so they could experiment on him with drug cocktails that are not available to the general populace yet, is so fucking funny. And I can't emphasize this enough. And Twitter Please, please kick me off for saying it. So <laughs> deserved. A thousand yeah. percent deserved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it a little bit. But yes, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, even, we'll get into even, it. Literally, as I was waiting for you to call, more things were happening on Twitter. Yeah, and I was like, I, I, this is, there's, I can't keep up with all of it. I called Eric on Skype, and instead of saying hello, I just screamed, Chris Christie has COVID. Mm-hmm. And that's how we started our conversation. But we'll get to it in a second before we get into Mm -hmm. even pop culture recommendations or Patreon messages, because I got a couple uh, Patreon messages from my supporters I want to read. Eric, how are you? I hear your life is chaos right now. Uh, it's a little less chaotic now. Right. Uh, yes. Uh, so I just moved. Uh, so that's nice. Um, it was a wild ride for, a, for about a month there. Uh, and you guys are staying with some friends of ours in their apartment. Yes. Not staying with them, staying in their place. Right. right. <laughs> we are. Yeah. We, we took over their apartment. For a <laughs> you're so, squatting. You're squatting. Mm-hmm, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we did not ask. We broke in. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, yeah, it's 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 nice. Uh, it's nice being in an apartment without roommates. Uh, they truly- have. They also. I have to say, I won't say where you're staying or the names of the people you're staying with. I don't know why I'm afraid to use their names. Absolutely, yeah. it's not like a security thing. But um, they have a very nice apartment. Yeah, it is. It's very nice. Um, and it's like, I mean, for the entire, what is it now? Four, almost five years. I've been in New York. I've not. I've only lived with roommates. Right. So. That's a big change. Yeah. 
Very strange. And I mean, even before that, I mean, I, there was only a year in Alabama where I lived without roommates. I'll say, so. too, that once you live without roommates, it's very hard to go back, although I did do that. But the only mm. way I was able to go back was I truly was living with like my two best friends, Chloe and right. Charles. So, so like that was the only way I could do it. But now that I live on my own again, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm also oh, a grown ass woman. And I'm like, I should not have roommate. I mean, that's not true. The, the modern economy is awful. If you have roommates and you're an adult, don't feel shame or anything. But yeah, once you go to no roommates, it is hard to go back. Oh, yeah, there's no going back. There's yeah. no <laughs> yeah, this can never happen again. Uh, so and you yeah, guys are so- thinking that maybe you'll move to I'm out of state, right? Yeah, it seems that way. It seems yeah. like that's probably happening at some point because it's just, you know, I, I just think like, I don't know. It's it, I, like I personally, I still like the city a whole lot, but it's, you know, it's like I, I think one of the things, the lockdown, I think we even talked about this like really, or, really early on in the lockdown, where it's like it really forced you to like sit in your shitty apartment and realize like <laughs> how much rent you're paying and how much oh, yeah. is not available like during the lockdown. And you're like, what am I doing here? A hundred percent. I'm still, I'm still naive enough to where I'm like, oh, I'll write it out and I'll see what opens yeah. back up after yeah. the lockdown. But yeah, I, I mean, the good news is because nothing's going on, you right. won't have FOMO. And like, in terms yes. of like our, our relationship won't change. Cause it's like, <laughs> yeah, you can still hop on Skype and do the fucking show with me. And like, right. Right. You know, obviously I'll be furious if we don't hang out before you guys leave, but oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. you know, like nothing's going on. So when you and I were talking and, you know, to make you feel better. I was just sort of like, yeah, dude, you're not going to be missing anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Like yeah, the theater's yeah. closed. All the theaters right. are closed. Nothing's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, I, I mean, uh, it seems to me like probably next year also there's going to be a reckoning. Um, because right now they still have, are like extending eviction moratoriums. Yeah. But it seems like once those are lifted, there's going to be a huge, huge problem in the city. I, I uh, really don't feel like people realize we haven't even begun to see the consequences of this yet. Right. There's a bunch of people who just haven't been paying their rent, but they can't. Yeah. And yeah. so landlords are just sitting there waiting like they're just as soon as those are lifted, like a bunch of people are getting evicted. A bunch of commercial real estate is about to start failing. Um it seems like it's going to be a big problem. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it'll bounce back. But it seems like there's a very big problem on the horizon. Yeah. I mean, the only way it's going to bounce back is if the government suddenly is like, oh, wait, shit, we should care about poor people. We should go help <laughs> the poor people. And that's just not going to happen unless no. there's like a social revolution, which there no. will be. Don't worry, yeah. eventually. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's going to get real interesting. Yeah. it's Yeah. It seems like there's going to be a lot of, a lot of issues. So. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll we'll end up probably. Well, I hope you're ready to um, take your girl in when I am fleeing the city and need somewhere to stay. Yes, you can come stay in our mansion that we can afford for the same amount we pay for an apartment here. You guys are going to have so much money all of a sudden. You're going to be like, what the fuck were we doing in New York for so long? It's going to be very funny. Um, So before we get into... uh, comments and stuff. I have a very spooky story that I wanted to share on the podcast because 
It is the month of the spooky, my favorite month, uh, my, my favorite holiday coming up, Halloween. Yep, I'm one of the adults who loves Halloween. Sorry if you have no joy in your life and that makes you sad. Um, I love Halloween. I love all that it entails. I love scary, spooky things. So I wanted to share this story because it is an ongoing narrative that's happening in my life. It hasn't resolved itself yet. I have no answers. <laughs> and I'm just sort of like workshopping it slash crowdsourcing uh, answers, even though I think ultimately I know what's going on and it's 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 not um, a supernatural thing, but it is has spooky elements. So, uh, very long story short, I go for morning walks Mm. through a neighborhood that I won't name because I've done that in the past and people have, um, shown up on, on routes or venues I frequent. So I keep things very general now. (laughs) So I go for morning walks through the same neighborhood, Mm. more or less, every morning and for the past week or so every morning this woman has been stopping me and the first time she stopped me she's like a normal looking woman she's about my height um dressed business casual so very neat makeup done uh blonde hair in a bun like very neat looking like she's on her way to work she's always carrying starbucks so she's just been to starbucks is this um, woman older? Is she your age? So I would estimate that she's like in her 30s. So at my okay. age. So okay. not an elderly woman. That's important right. to the story. Not an elderly woman. <laughs> she stops me and she goes, excuse me, are you from the area? And the first time she did this, I, I knew where it was going. She was going to ask me for directions. So I very succinctly was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm just on a walk. And she said, OK. And we went on our separate ways. Mm-hmm. Totally barely even registered on my radar. It was such a like non-significant moment. Right. Probably happened a thousand times in your life. A thousand times. And I was also like, she's in a nice neighborhood. She'll find somebody who can give her directions. She didn't seem like she was in distress at all. She'll be fine. So then I go for a walk, same route, next morning. And the same woman, different outfit, different Mm -hmm. makeup, still has Starbucks, stopped me and says, excuse me, are you from the area? And I look at her a little (laughs) cockeyed, but I'm like, no, I'm just on a walk. But of course I'm like, I'm in a different outfit. Um, I wear sunglasses. I have a mask on. Maybe she just doesn't recognize me. Totally, totally understandable. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it is early in the morning. Maybe she's a little sleepy. I go, Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm just on a walk. And she said, okay. And we part separate way. It was almost verbatim, the exact same conversation. (laughs) But still, I was like, you know, I'm a forgetful bitch, too. It happens. So it doesn't really pop on my radar. But Eric, the third day, (laughs) the third day, she stopped me in the same spot (laughs) and said, excuse me, are you from the area? And I said, this time I was like, "Okay, maybe she's having a memory issue. And I should at least tell her that we've had this conversation before. Mm -hmm. It's like for her own, just like well-being and like Mm -hmm. knowing. So I said, no, I'm just on a morning walk. Also, we've had this conversation for like three days in a row. And she gives me a very weird look and she says, we've never spoken before. And she (laughs) walks off. Oh my God. So here's some possibilities. Okay. Everybody. Uh Cause I am shooketh at this point. Sure. 
the very obvious like borderline concern trolling thing that people are messaging me with, which is like, no shit, Sherlock, is maybe this woman is having memory issues. Um, the only thing I'll say like is she is young. Like it would be one thing if this was like a 90 year old woman and I'd be like, oh God, like this is a sad story. But that's not to say that like younger people can't have memory issues. You can have like early onset dementia and stuff like that. Sad, 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 sad. She okay. That's for an injury or something. Exactly. She could have hit her head and yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. But if we want to have fun with it, which mm-hmm. come on, in 2020 we do. She's obviously a ghost, right? I think. Okay, here's where my mind went. Okay. Immediately, I thought, okay, first of all, this is a glitch in the Matrix, obviously. Oh, obviously, um, sure. Right. Second thought, maybe this is the very beginnings of some sort of Groundhog Day situation. Okay, that is about yes. To start intensifying. Yes, a thousand percent. I'm so glad you brought up this possibility because having just watched Palm Springs, that mm-hmm. was my first immediate thought. Before, <laughs> yep. before Ghost, before uh, Doppelganger, before like evil twin possibilities. Uh, my first thought was, oh, my God, I'm caught in a time loop. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, but only you're... like a very, very short time loop for a very boring morning walk. Right. It's it's not the it's not the whole day. It's just this one. And it's just because <laughs> you're doing the same walk every day. Right. Yes. At the same time. So it's yeah. like now, like it's maybe. See, here's the thing. Maybe we're finding out that New York is actually like this all of the time. It's just that, you you know, you go, you, you know, so many, there's so many different variables in your day to day life in New York that you don't notice it. But maybe once you get into a routine, it's actually the same thing every day. Oh, my God. COVID is revealing that we're actually <laughs> all just caught in time loops. Mm, yeah, maybe. <gasps> I think I mean, we could be because I mean, think about it like every I mean, I even like when I was like, you know, had a pretty, pretty routine like work schedule that involved like going on the train and stuff. Like I would take different blocks. I would take, you know, different routes. I might go get coffee or something, you know, things change. So you don't notice, like you wouldn't notice if like, Hmm, on the same block at the same time, every day, the same thing happens. That's a really good point. Okay. So time loop is becoming, I think my favorite explanation theory, Mm -hmm. Uh, of course, immediately people were like, well, she's been dead for 30 years. And I'm like, well, obviously yes, at least 30 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, one of my good, good friends was like, well, clearly the next step is you have to wear a disguise and follow her to see where she goes. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God, of course. Yeah, I'd be interested to know if she does this to other people. Yeah, it's interesting that she always stops me because the the past two times it's happened, because now altogether it's happened about five times. Oh, my God. So, I know. I know. <laughs> the The past two times I've watched her approach me and she almost stops people before me and then she sees me and she stops me. Mm-hmm. So she'll look at someone and almost ask them, look at one more person, almost ask them and then lock size with me and asks me. You know, what you have to do is you have to find out what Starbucks she's going to. Yeah, that's I think I know which one she goes to. And I know the barista there. And like you have to go there when she's not yeah. there and be like, hey, do you What's know up? this lady? <laughs> Does she come in here every day asking weird questions? If I find out they have the same exact conversation every day, <laughs> I'm going to fully shit myself. I think it might be her routine now. This might be just be her thing. This She might just do this every day now. So, guys, I am curious if you have any alternate theories. I'd love to hear them. Um, please don't just rehash sad mental health explanations because I'm sure you're right, but that's not fun. That's um, sad. That's we don't sad. Talk about that. We don't need more sad shit to talk about in 2020. So, 
because we're already going to go long, I feel it in this section. Mm -hmm. I wanted to read some, oh my God. So I made a note in my notes for the show and all it says is, oh God, oh God, I haven't been checking Facebook comments (laughs) because guys, spoiler, I'm not really, I'm not on Facebook anymore. I mean, I am, my account exists, but I never check it because Facebook is evil, but I still have a light trees and news fan page up on Facebook because, you know, she has to promote the show and, but I never read the comments. So Brian, I apologize. Brian had left a comment over there. I will say for everyone's well-being, that is the absolute worst place to try to get in contact with me. Mm-hmm. Literally anywhere else is better, whether it be yeah. my Patreon, Twitter, Gmail. I will see the Facebook comments absolutely last. Honestly, so, just if you left a random note somewhere in New York, Allison would probably find it before Facebook comments. Give it to the weird lady who talks to me every morning. Yeah. I'll definitely mm-hmm. get it then. Uh, so Brian writes in, uh, with a recommendation, which I appreciate very much. Thank you, Brian. It's not a podcast, but since you mentioned the spoopy season and audio, a major comfort food for me is the fucktastrophe of a year in this fucktastrophe of year has been the horror slash mystery slash comedy audio drama, a voice from the dark. It can be heard on Bandcamp, though I would recommend listening to it on YouTube as it comes with lovely hand-drawn portraits of the characters that are highlighted when one of them is speaking. This helps as there are more than 20 characters, and while they all have pretty distinctive voices, I can see someone still losing track. (laughs) Very cool recommendation. Thank you, Brian. A voice from the dark. And then Jamie had a comment over at my Patreon, I believe, Because we had been talking, um, oh, one of my good news stories last week, I believe, was about Twitch and how Mm. Twitch has actually been doing a good job kicking off white supremacists. And I believe I said something like uh, Twitch not really um, caring as much about investors pulling support or something like that. I'm paraphrasing myself. Mm. But Mm. Jamie wrote, Twitch doesn't have to worry about that sweet Silicon Valley capital. They have virtually unlimited Seattle capital. They're owned by Amazon. So Uh, I think that's a really good note, a good detail about Twitch and why Twitch feels um, maybe more comfortable kicking off white supremacists because they're like, we got those Amazon dollars, baby. We don't got to worry about investors. Right, right. So on that note, guys, right after I record with Eric, I'm going to run and go record a bonus episode with Mr. Charles Rockhill that will be up at my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. We are breaking down our favorite Internet conspiracy theories. Um, The third... The third part of that will be up at my Patreon uh, for as little as $5 a month. You get access to all those bonus episodes. So go to patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. It's just another way to support me, to support the show, to keep it commercial free. Uh, I've been doing this dang thing for over 10 years, and um, you've probably never heard a commercial on any of my podcasts because we're usually 100% listener supported. I'm sure there was one or two commercials here and there, but for sure on Light Trees and News, you've never heard a commercial. So that's because you guys support it, and I thank you for that. And if you're able to do so, if it won't cause you any financial hardship, if you can spare $5 a month, please go do that. Because um, shit is cray. That's true. 
So on that note, Eric, let's get to, I got, I don't even know if you have any recommendations because your life is uh, chaotic right now, mm, but mm. I have some recommendations that I can shout at you. Um, Please I do. Know, I do have one. Oh, great. Thrilled. Thrilled to hear it. So I don't know if you've heard of this series on HBO Max, which I have to say something. Some people have very derisively referred to HBO Max like it's like HBO Lite, like that's where they kick all the shitty side projects. Mm. I disagree. And also, how dare you? Is, There's a lot of good stuff on HBO Max. I don't even know what this way is. HBO Max different than HBO Go? HBO Go no longer exists. Okay, this is I've never subscribed to any of these and I have no idea yes. what is going on with them. So if I understand reality correctly at this point, HBO Go and the other like there was one more sort of like side HBO got yeah. folded into HBO Max. So there's regular okay. HBO, which is like you have a cable package and you have HBO right, and that's where right. they still have like their prestige shows and stuff. And then there's HBO Max, which is like. The streaming service for HBO. Yes, gotcha. exactly. Okay. okay, okay. And then there's some very pretty high pedigree series that are just on HBO Max. Mm, so okay. there's a HBO Max series. I think it's just on HBO Max. But I, again, how does anything work these days? I watched it on HBO Max. It's called Raised by Wolves. Mm, and okay. it's the new sci-fi Ridley Scott series. Oh, and it is Eric. Very good. And I say this as someone who is not really into sci-fi. It's not my bag. Mm -hmm. I don't really get off on all the like weird sci-fi ness and details and like aliens and stuff. I'm sort of like, okay, Uh, it's so good because it's about the future of there's been a final war between christians and atheists and now there is like the remnants of what is left and of that society and of them trying to rebuild society on a different planet and it is fucking fascinating nice so well done oh it's so well written so well acted um there is a protagonist who is an android and the actress who plays her is terrifying and she will break your fucking heart and she is so good and it is so well done and I recommend it so highly. Nice. That sounds cool. I want to see that. that I think fun. you would really like it. Um, yeah. And then because we're going to go over, I'm going to save a lot of my recommendations, but I just want to recommend this real quick. Um, there's a trailer for a movie called Minari that just uh, exploded on the internet the other day. And that movie stars Steven Yen, who uh, I would like to congratulate on uh, transitioning from hot guy who kills zombies to future Oscar winner, because (laughs) I have always known that Steven Yen is a great actor. Uh, He's actually from the comedy world, from the improv comedy world. He's a very Mm -hmm. funny Mm -hmm. guy. Uh, he's, he was great on the walking dead. One of my favorite characters of all time, Glenn, he was just so, so good on that show, but I always knew he had it in him. And, uh, I truly believe he's going to win an Oscar one day and he looks 
spectacular in this movie. It is about a family of South Korean immigrants who move to the United States and buy a farm and try to make that work. And I mean, everybody looks amazing in it. It's getting rave reviews and I'm so excited to see it. It does look really good. It did strike me when you posted that about like, it did, it did sort of strike me as like, this is the th- absolutely type of movie that somebody was like, okay, all right, how do we win an Oscar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they just wrote it straight from there. I will um, say I'm a little thankful that it's like, um, you know, written and directed by a Korean person. <laughs> so oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's no, like it looks a, great. It looks like a deeply personal story. Had it been yeah. like written and directed by a, a, like a white man, like if it was like <laughs> the Green Book or something, I would be a little more like, oh, no. <laughs> by Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Can you imagine how bad that would be? Um, Eric, what is your recommendation? So, uh, well, well, uh, I don't I can't I actually don't know if you already went over this on the show. But uh, last night we just watched uh, The Devil All the Time. Oh, yes. Uh, so I did talk about it, but I would like to know how you feel about it. I liked it a lot, actually. I, I thought Me it was too. I liked it very much. Uh, it was filmed in my hometown. So that was cool. Um, did you? recognize many of the spots oh yeah yeah um the, the bar they go to is a bar i used to go to um and hang out and play i my band got not banned but asked not to come back uh from playing there because we were too loud uh it's the same thing eric uh, they were yeah. just being nice yeah 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 uh well it wasn't like hey like you did something wrong it was just like yeah this is probably not gonna happen again uh uh but yeah so and like a lot of the exterior shots Especially like I mean the the all the stuff that's like in like fields and in the woods is like you can't really tell, but like a lot of the buildings and and the stuff that was shot in town is like very clearly like the town where I grew up. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to see. And I I thought the movie was just great. And and also I will point out like when it first came out, a bunch of people were posting like screen uh posting clips of like Robert Pattinson and being like. Wow, his accent sucks. Uh, you've never been to the South, if you think Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> you have absolutely never been to the South, if you think that. Thank you. I fucking love the voice he was doing. I thought it was brilliant. He's such mm-hmm. a fucking weirdo. But everyone who was like, it really took me out of it. I was like, have you never heard like a deep Southern <laughs> accent before? Because he's crushing it. Yeah. No, no. It's it's not like that was the weird thing, too. Is like, I mean, that movie is set in the, the like 50s and 60s. But like a lot of those characters, I mean, like you can meet people like that now in the South. Like it's yeah. not it's, it's not that far off. I mean, it's it, it, I, I yeah, I thought it was great. I thought a lot of the characters were very, very interesting. And in the, the, I like that type of movie where it's like it is it's like it is narrative, but it's not like a. You know, it's not like a, okay, we're going to have three acts and then a big climax and, and, and stuff like that. You know, I mean, they have a climax, but it's like, it's not that type of like action movie. Like, oh, it's all leading up to this one big event. And then this thing happens and then there's closure. It's more of just like, it, it like a slice of life type of like, this is what's happening in these people's lives. And then it, you know, it kind of has an ending, but then it's just sort of keeps going. And it's, that's you know, sort true. Of like but there, push. there, yeah, there is a moment where two of the storylines converge mm. and that, Yes. I thought it was really effective and gave me chills when it happened. Um, the, but the the, uh, the sound design of that movie was incredible. The oh, way they it? like 
like the way they like weaved in some of the music with some of the like especially in the like the sort of like climactic scene between the two characters uh in the church and they sort of have like, like this like screeching kind of white noise under them talking it kind of builds oh. all this tension it's I, I thought it was very cool i truly didn't notice that at all but that's interesting um yeah i yeah man tom holland is so good and i feel like he didn't get as much kudos because Pattinson is like mm. doing his thing and he's so spectacular. And like he, it's one of those roles too, where he's not the main character, but when he's yeah. on screen, he just steamrolls. Um, but Tom Holland, man, by the end I was like, Ooh, he's going to win an Oscar for sure. One day. Yeah. He was so good. He's just, he's so genuine in every moment. Mm. Like yeah. he really, really doesn't seem like he's acting. Um, but anyway, any other recommendations? That's a good one. Uh, I mean the uh, the the Borat two trailer dropped. That looks. Ew, weird. Eric. <laughs> who cares? Who looks... needs Borat in? Apparently, he goes to the RNC. Uh, who cares? So that should be weird. Do you remember when we had to sign on an NDA to see the Borat movie? <laughs> to, uh, to see the show. To see the uh, oh the the uh, Showtime show right what what is, who is America or whatever it was called yeah, uh, yeah. they took our phones that was weird <laughs> yeah. they took our phones and they put them in little bags and like locked them mm. with keys and then we had to sign yes. NDAs because like fucking Sarah Palin was in an episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was a weird time uh, yeah but yeah no I don't I, I really I truly haven't been like doing much media consuming for the past like couple weeks in, in anticipation of like moving and all that stuff so for sure well that's great news for me because guys we gotta move on we have so much news to talk about mm -hmm. it's that time of the show let's all hold hands and cry <gasps> here's your bad news So first some bad news, we got to talk about this dumpster fire of a debate. Um, <laughs> there was a president debate, guys. Remember that? And it was a total shit show. And Chris Wallace had no control over anything that was happening as the moderator. Uh, <laughs> I lasted and Eric, I actually don't know if you watched it at all. I lasted, I think, about 18 minutes and then I had to turn it off. <laughs> Uh, I didn't watch it live because uh, that was like literally like the night we were like finishing packing and, and getting sure. ready to move the next day. Uh, but I like watched some clips of it and was like following like tweets about it. It just seemed like a total. I mean, I think honestly, I'm trying like, you know, I think what happened is that. I mean, Trump's obviously an awful person, but I think he I think somebody in his prep crew, like reminded him of how well he did in like the Republican debates in 2016, just by like saying stupid one-liners and like yelling over people. And then like that works if you're on a stage with nine people, cause you kind of get lost in the shuffle when it's just one-on-one, -on -one, you just look insane. He looked insane, but I thought it was a tactic that worked for him because Biden didn't handle it. Well, Biden got right. very flustered like in that moment, it was very clear Biden was the he, this is his actual history. He was a kid who had a stutter and mm -hmm. he was bullied a lot for it. 
Um, and he pretty much reverted to that little kid with a stutter. Like he uh, yeah. got shut down pretty effectively. Um, Trump's a bully. And there was a useless moderator who let him be a bully. And he just shouted Biden down. Like if you could make out one full sentence that Joe Biden got out, that's impressive <laughs> because I could not understand him. Yeah, I, I, I'd be interested. I didn't look at any like polling or anything after the debates, but like I wonder because it, it also seemed like, yeah, like I think that's totally right. I think he was sort of reverting back to his, his, his nature on that. I also wonder if like probably part of his prep was, you know, a bunch of people telling him like you got to be like you got to look above it. You got to look presidential, you know, like don't. Well, get yeah, yeah like, I actually think the fight most, with him. Yeah, I think the most of uh, he looked the most relatable when he would just like laugh <laughs> and like sort of glance at the camera, like this guy. Uh, and I know some people enjoyed him saying like, shut up and stuff like that. Cause I do think it was important to have like a human moment where it was just like, you're being a bully right now and you're a ridiculous man. And like when he called him a clown and stuff, I think was just like cathartic for a lot of people. Um, Biden, you know, he had good moments. I actually shockingly think he gave a somewhat good answer about Antifa, um, mm -hmm. where he said, you know, it's not an organization, it's an ideology, which is verbatim what the FBI has said about um, Antifa. Uh, mm -hmm. But I really just wanted him to be like, Antifa means anti-fascist. Are you pro-fascist? Right, right. That's all you have to say, because if you actually talk to people who are who identify as being part of Antifa, like they talk a lot about wanting people to have access to health care and yeah. opposing the Proud Boys. And I really want people to have to answer the question, are you pro fascist? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I pretty much a long time ago gave up on any member of the Democratic Party ever like like taking a stand of but like, to be honest know. with you the fact that he just parroted what the fbi says normally i would say that's a bad thing but actually yeah. the fbi has been not you know the fbi i could we could record an entire episode about the fucked up shit the fbi does but in mm. terms of them describing what antifa is they've been pretty measured in their language where they're right. like they're not an organization there's no traditional traditional hierarchical structure or anything like that right. you know right um yeah, yeah. it's a collection of people with an idea a loosely uh formed ideology you know because it's, mm. it's like occupy in that respect you know if you grabbed any two people within the occupy movement and said what is this thing about they'll give you different answers you know right um, yeah of course yeah, that that's sort of par for the course on the left, right? Like yeah. <laughs> it's hurting right. cats. Um, but anyway, so speaking of white supremacy, there was this extraordinary moment during the debate where uh, Trump was asked about the Proud Boys and told them to stand by. Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, it it felt a lot like I don't know. It, I watched that clip and I, it's it's so weird because it's like I think he I think even probably his handlers know it's not good for him to like. But it's also like I I can't remember who it was. There was somebody like the next day on on one of the news shows that was like, well, he's not going to insult people who support him. You know, but isn't that like, revealing? It's like your well, yeah, exactly. premises. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I think it's, it's one of those things where like, they're trying to find the most measured way to like 
they don't want to like show themselves being supportive, but they also don't want to tell them not to because they know that they, you know, because they know they have their support. So it's like this weird, like, I don't think they know what to do about it because it's, you know, I, th- I think they, I think behind the scenes, they certainly agree with them and want their support, but they know it's like a bad PR <laughs> for them for the most part. Cause even I well, think a lot of, re- even a lot of regular people are like, what the hell is going on? I got to say too, he is uncoachable. So like, yeah. Even in getting him prepped for this, like I couldn't tell how much of any of this was a deliberate strategy. Like, I don't know if they ever sat him down and they were like, you got to interrupt him constantly. You can't condemn white supremacy because there were (laughs) truly moments where he was like confusing Biden with Hillary Clinton. Like when he kept screaming, you call black people super predators. It's like Biden has never said that in his life. You're thinking of Hillary Clinton. You're thinking of the Clintons. Um, so he just seemed to be confused, shocking, right? I, w- um, I would love to see prep notes, debate prep <laughs> notes from all from, written I, in like thick permanent marker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just on like index cards, like singular words. Yeah, um, yeah, it just it was a shit show through and through. We have to move on because so much other shit has happened, but. One other moment that I wanted to talk about, which I think was a real low for the debate um, and really a stupid strategy on Trump's part, uh, speaking of his own base, when he kept jabbing Biden over Hunter Biden's drug addiction was even for him, who he's a horrible monster of a human being, even for him was a low shot and the dumbest thing he could have done because it's like at this point in the United States, you either have an an immediate family member who is suffering from a drug addiction, or, you know, someone who like outside of your family, but still like a friend or someone in your life has suffered from a drug addiction. This has touched everyone in this country. And for Trump to act like it's some weird disease that makes you a a weak person is just like abhorrent even for him. And I think Joe Biden gave a really good answer where he was basically just like, my son has struggled with this. He's fought really bravely. I'm very proud of him and I love him. And it's like truly all he needed to say. Yeah. I think like, you know, if you're, if you're somebody who's on Trump's side, it's, it it didn't even like, it's, it's funny because it's like, I know he wanted to hit on Hunter Biden to, to rattle Joe. But if you, if you wanted to do that, he picked the one issue about Hunter Biden that is just the worst line of attack and made Hunter look incredibly sympathetic and like Trump was just a monster. Like if you want to go after like Hunter's like weird business dealings or whatever, like you can go after, I mean, that's whatever, but like going after his drug addiction, I mean, I would imagine probably a lot of Trump supporters have people in their family that are addicts or have died from. Well, from yeah, that like, so it's I like, mean, if you look at the opioid crisis in this country, yeah. it is, it is devastating red States. Yeah. So it's like, these are your voters, dumbass. Like right. how many, how many Republicans were watching that? Like my kid is addicted to heroin. Fuck you. Right. And I mean, it does show like the shallowness of Trump's brain and just like, cause I'm sure there was sort of just like, you know, we were talking about his like his stupid like debate prep notes, but it's like I'm probably it's probably just like, yeah, like hit Hunter Biden. He just went with the first thing he could think of was just his drug addiction because 
Trump is obviously addicted to drugs as well. Right. Um, so, you know, it's like, he, I mean, I'm sure it's just like he went after Hunter, like he just, whatever the first thing that came to his brain was. And yeah, I mean, it just backfired immensely for him because even I think anybody except for like outright complete monsters are like, you know, it's one of those issues where it's just like, yeah, like you don't like if, if somebody is addicted to drugs or they died from an addiction or something like that, it's like, you know, you have, I mean, people have sympathy for them, you know, regardless of the circumstances of death, like you're going to have, you know, like sympathy for them. And it's just like, who did he think he was going to get on his side by going after that? It's just, you know, that's just like, but he's, he can't think any other way. That's just like, he just, he just knew he needed to hit Hunter for something. And he just went with that. It just backfired immensely. Um, so like there's been polls that have come out, uh, since the debate that show Biden like overwhelmingly won them. I just want to remind everyone, according to the polls, Hillary Clinton won every single one of the debates. So mm. those polls mean nothing. Um, but yeah, she did win the popular vote. So I guess they do mean something. It just doesn't mean that he will, Biden will be president. <laughs> well, this is a little problem I have with people's like, oh, polls are wrong. Don't trust the polls. It's like, well, I, honestly, if you look at the 2016 polls, they were mostly pretty good. It's just that the way that they do them is wrong because they're right. like polling the national sample doesn't tell you anything about who's going to win. <laughs> you have to do your state by state polling and you have to like do it like very granularly and like really get, because, you know, I mean, what is it like Trump won three swing states by a total of like 70,000 votes total, you know, like between three states. I mean, the margins were so thin. Well, also, you're, what does it, what does winning mean? Does winning mean winning the popular vote in that case? Hillary Clinton did win. Mm hmm. We just have this fucked system that the most votes doesn't win the presidency, right. which is stupid and should change immediately. Um, yeah. But if you can even believe this, guys, this story that we're about to talk about broke just five days ago. It feels like 15 years ago. The New York Times finally got their little grubby hands on Donald Trump's tax records. And lo and behold... He paid just three, uh, excuse me, $750, $750 in federal income taxes the year he won the presidency. In 2016, mm -hmm. in yep. his first year in the White House, he paid another $750. Now, to give it a little bit of context and uh, just so I can gripe on the show, um, I for a majority of my career was a freelancer and uh, the IRS loves to slam freelancers uh, with taxes. I pay the IRS $700 a month <laughs> in mm -hmm. back taxes. So uh, I am roughly paying what Trump paid for the year in federal income taxes every month. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, I don't think I make as much money as Donald Trump. Well, I don't think. Well, what's weird is that you might, because uh, apparently I was reading through it a little bit. I didn't get to go through all of it because it's a very long report in the Times and it's very good, very, very well researched and well reported. But like, I think a, a lot of the reason they paid so little taxes because he basically was like, "Yeah, I made all this money, but I lost more." <laughs> He's a shitty businessman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like when it came out, I was like, "Great." So he paid $750 in taxes. There's only two outcomes. One is that he's it's fraud 
or mm-hmm. B, he lost an insane amount of money and has no money <laughs> and is a terrible business person. Yeah. So he's um, paid no income taxes at all yeah. in 10 of the previous 15 years. Um, largely, as you said, because he reported losing much more money than he made. So there's two explanations, guys. He's either a fraud or a shitty businessman, and he doesn't want you to believe either of those things. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, it could also be a little bit of both. There's also that's, what I, I, that's my theory that I think it's a combination of both. I think he has more money than he is claiming to the federal government, right. but also that he has just made wildly shitty deals. Yeah, I think you'd have to really go through like you'd have to go deep in his like in his audit and find out like what losses is he claiming? You know, is he you know, are these legitimate claims? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, uh, supposedly they're auditing him and seems to be taking them an awful lot of time to do that. Um but yeah, I, I, it's just one of those weird things where it's like, you know, I mean, like, and I think the weirder part was like, supposedly he owes like four hundred million dollars to various foreign sources. That is so, all. Yeah, that, like, and like that to me is like just red flag central, right? Because it's like when you owe foreign governments or foreign entities that much money you're pretty much pinned under their thumb forever, right? So if they ask you to jump, you jump. So I think it's real important to find out who he owes that money to. But it also makes a lot of sense, like, being that that's the case of, like, how he's able to, like, you know, like, live a lavish lifestyle and also be claiming losses and, you know, like, you know, how you're able to, like, claim to be this very wealthy person and have this, have all these things in this lavish lifestyle and then turn around in your taxes and be like, Oh, poor me. I don't have any money. You can't charge me taxes. Um, right. you know, cause he's just like, just like leveraging everything he has to get new loans. Um, and so, you know, so it's just, and uh, it is a common tactic, I think for a lot of business people to just like claim a shit ton of losses so that they don't have to pay taxes. Um, yes, that, that I, is very par for the course. You know, I have a friend who works in like the art world and, and they were telling me that like, you know, a, a lot of people just will go buy or make a donation to a, you know, to a museum, you know, or to a gallery or, or something, you know, they'll just make a huge donation to get a painting and then they can turn around and claim on their taxes. They, you know, donated $30 million to a museum. And so right. that just gets deducted from whatever you made. And they go, oh, actually, well, you didn't make any money because you donated it all. And Isn't then, that you know, cool? Isn't that cute that they can do that, you guys? Isn't this a cool economic system we have? I think so, it is. No notes. Yeah. My my bet would be it's a little bit of both. I would imagine he is a shitty businessman. I think we've known that for a long time, too. I mean, he's been bankrupt several times. He is constantly borrowing money and leveraging money and stuff like that. So I would imagine he's probably a shitty businessman and is also probably fraudulently claiming deductions that he did not take um, and stuff like that. So I would imagine it's a little bit of both. Hell yeah, bro. Okay. On that note, we got to get to the good news. That's Mm -hmm. right. I put Trump having COVID in the good news section. Ban me Twitter. You bitches guys. It's that time of the show. Here's your good news. All right, guys, as the entire planet knows by now, 
Trump was rushed to Walter Reed Hospital to undergo treatment uh, for being infected with COVID. He has a fever. They're experimenting on him with a drug cocktail um, that no regular citizen has access to. But again, every time I open Twitter, it is like gold coins are pouring out. A bunch of people who were all at this fucking Rose Garden event to welcome in um, the the head, the future head handmaiden, uh, Amy Barrett, to the Supreme Court. When she was officially nominated, there was this like big Rose Garden event. And now a bunch of Republicans who went to that, lo and behold, have been infected with COVID. So Trump obviously has it. Melania. Ronna McDaniel, the chairwoman of the RNC, Hope Hicks, Bill Stepien, Kellyanne Conway, Senator Mike Lee, Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina, Reverend John Jenkins. Uh, a bunch of people have tested negative. Uh, Mike Pence does not have it. Karen Pence does not have it. Joe Biden doesn't have it. Um, Jill Biden doesn't have it. Kamala doesn't have it. Um, Nancy Pelosi's negative, Mike Pompeo, um, Ivanka, Jared, Baron Trump, Betsy DeVos, none of them have it, but a bunch of prominent, Chris Christie, the most recent one, the one I screamed at Eric when we started recording, Chris Christie has it as well, which is the most pathetic person to be, uh, infected with it because he is just desperately trying to get the approval of like the top RNC brass and you know, they're still not going to respect him. Oh no, 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 no. They'll let him die before they, <laughs> they, they hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I am putting this in the good news section a hundred percent. Cause I am a petty bitch and I think it is deeply funny because these were and are wildly powerful people who let over 200,000 people in this country die on their watch because mm. they were either a combination of inept or um, willfully ignorant and evil and claimed this was a hoax and let it spin out of control. And now it has finally reached their doorstep. And I'm say, fuck every single one of them. They d deserve it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, I, I think uh, it's I, I'm interested to see the fallout of this next week, because there's certainly a lot of people that, that are like, you know, a lot of Republicans, a lot of Trump supporters, whatever you want to call them, like that think that COVID is no big deal or that it's a hoax. And now that their dear leader has it, I'm kind of like, what are they going to do now? <laughs> like after they've been claiming that this doesn't, you know, I've seen video of people being like, well, it doesn't actually exist or it's not that big of a deal. And so now it's like, okay, well the guy that you're following has it. So I'm interested to see how they react to that. Um, yeah. And sadly, I think a lot of it depends on like, listen, I am of the belief that true evil can never die, right? So mm. he might just bounce back from this and, like, really just do his time and Walter Reed, like, standing on his head and come out and, like, be fine, right? Um, in that case, I don't know. Like, maybe that will lend the narrative of this is just a bad flu. It's not that bad. Because it really depends on, like, your genetic makeup, right? Like, some people... I, I have a close family member who tested positive for the antibodies and she didn't even get sick, you mm -hmm. know, 
So like some people can get this thing and like truly not even know they had it. That doesn't mean it's not incredibly dangerous. I think Trump is going to bounce back because my theory on Trump since the beginning has always been that he is, uh, he's completely, uh, like, like Teflon on the inside. So because he's been doing nothing but like eating McDonald's and drinking Diet Coke for 60 years. So it's just all preservative in there. So he's like, his inside is just all like preserved in plastic. So, I, you know, I'm kind of like, kind of thinking like, I feel like, you know, nothing can really get into him. Nothing can get to him, you know, he'll, he'll have a fever and then it'll break and he'll be back and he'll claim right. that it was no big deal. Um, did you see, so there was stuff happening literally right as you called me uh, to do this. Uh, did you happen to, to catch any of the tweets about, the press conference with his doctor at Walter Reed. No, is this the doc, like the doctor that I'm thinking of or not? I his... don't think it's, I, I don't think it's the long haired. Okay. Yeah, yeah. uh, no, I think it's the Walter Reed. Uh, oh, doctor at Walter Reed. Yeah, no, I think no. so. But they were, they, so he was giving a press conference like right before we started and apparently was dodging a bunch of questions, like would sure. not answer about like, any, like, you know, people were trying to press him on, like, is Trump getting extra, you know, is is he getting, like, um, oxygen treatment? And the doctor could be like, yeah, the, like, is he is he receiving, like, extra oxygen? And the doctor was like, well, he didn't have any today. And they're like, okay, but has he at all? And he's like, well, he didn't get any today. And everybody's like, wait, what? Like, Yeah, so that means um, he had some at some point, yeah. But so he's being really dodgy, like, real, like, real, like, North Korean deer leader stuff. Like, it was just, like, yep. not answer any questions. But then, uh, right, literally, as you called me, I started seeing people tweeting that apparently the doctor said that Trump was diagnosed 72 hours ago. Oh, I did see that. I did see which, that. Which is he he announced it like 1 a.m. on Friday, like 36 hours ago. So it's so it's possible that Trump knew he was positive three days uh, three days ago, started treatment and went to a fundraiser in New Jersey. I fully believe that happened. I oh, do yeah. believe that. Yeah, I that would not surprise me at all. But you just reminded me there was a couple conspiracy theories that I want to address. Mm. One has to do with um, there's a very dumb conspiracy theory making the rounds on Twitter right now that this is all an elaborate hoax because Trump is trying to get out of a second debate with Biden. I just have to say, I think that's extremely stupid. Um I mean, mostly, mostly because Trump thinks that any kind of sickness is indicative of a moral weakness, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as illustrated in his attacks against Hunter Biden. Right. He thinks that calling someone a drug addict is the same thing as saying that they are a morally weak person. Right. And if you get sick, you're also a weak person. So mm -hmm. he would never in a million years claim to be sick ever, ever, ever. Also, I would debate anyone who claims he lost that debate because I think Joe Biden performed really pathetically. Um, yeah. Also, so I don't, Trump, I don't think he's afraid of Biden at all. Oh, well, even if he was, I mean, if he, if he did, if he didn't want to do it, he would just say, I'm not doing it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I I, tr I trounced you the first time. There's no reason for us to do this. Um, you're weak. You're pathetic. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you the time. I'm not gonna give you the free advertisement or whatever. He would just not do it. I mean, there's no reason to do yes. a hoax. 
he would he would spin it as like a strong man statement. He would be right. like, I'm winning anyway. He, he's beneath me. I don't have to debate him again. I won. Right. I won that first debate. Why do I need to have a second debate? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, and then the second conspiracy theory that this is my conspiracy theory. Not that I like um, started it. I would never claim that, but I support it. Is this bullshit nonsense about claiming Hope Hicks is the one who spread COVID everywhere? <laughs> I, I think it's very funny to think of like Hope Hicks like coughing on all of the White House doorknobs. I 100% think that Trump caught this at one of his dumb rallies and he just doesn't want to admit it. Where, so where did the? Because I also heard the Hope Hicks thing. Was she just the first person diagnosed? Where I, I've seen multiple people reporting that yeah. she was like the the super spreader. That's how it's being presented. That she was the first identified person mm-hmm. within his circle who had it. I think it's a thousand percent bullshit and he got it at one of his rallies. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, who knows? It's so hard to tell with this stuff because yeah. it's especially I mean, it's especially hard to tell when you're a fucking Republican and your whole identity is based on not masking and not social distancing. Right. Or so like, who, or, who's, or, who's the fucking tell? Or Hope Hicks was the first one who got it, but she got it at one of the rallies, you know? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. She had to get it from somewhere. I mean, she I mean, she, she could have gotten it from anywhere. I mean, it's just like, you know, I just like, the, did you see the, um, I forget her name, but the person that was running against Nancy Pelosi. Um, oh, that woman is so crazy. Like yesterday, every single tweet she put out was like crazier than the last one. Truly like like real like brain damage like like level i mean unbelievable like i don't know if she's a cute person but she strikes me as a cute person yeah fully but like yeah i mean just like she was like like isn't it strange that like <laughs> like no democrats have it but all of a sudden all these republicans are getting it and the list is endless it's like yeah i can't believe that all of the people who have been claiming this isn't a big deal and you shouldn't wear masks or socially distance or do anything about a virus have all gotten the virus somebody tweeted at her isn't it weird that the people jumping out of the plane without parachutes are dying but the people who <laughs> are jumping out with parachutes are living <laughs> yeah it's like- my, you know, it's funny is like my mom also like posted something on Facebook like that. It's like, oh, isn't it weird that they're all getting it at the same time? It's like, no, no. it's not weird. It's they're like scientifically what was predicted. They were there's like video of them at the uh, the the rose garden ceremony ceremony for Amy Cody Barrett, and they're all like hugging. They're like putting their faces yeah. next to each other, unmasked. It's like, what do you have you doing? seen? Have you seen that photo where people like circled everybody who's infected? Oh yeah. It's like they're within the blast radio. Like, <laughs> ratio of somebody like sneezing you know yeah absolutely um but yeah the final thing i want to say about all that is just um i think mitch mcconnell is going to go full court press with uh amy barrett amy barrett and trump could both die from covid and he will absolutely prop them up weekend at bernie style and force through her nomination to the supreme court oh of course yeah yeah that's i mean there's there's no question that's happening yeah. Uh, so do we have enough time to talk about this guys? What's sad about so much good news is that stuff like the secretly recorded tapes of Melania really <laughs> got lost in the mm. noise of the moment. But in case you missed it, uh, CNN's Anderson Cooper, uh, had an exclusive report about a tape of Melania Trump 
which was she was secretly recorded by Stephanie Winston Wolkoff, a former friend and senior advisor to the first lady. And in this tape, guys, Melania is just going off about having to do the White House Christmas decorations by herself. (laughs) Uh, She's just so, so frustrated at receiving criticism over Trump's horrific policy of forcibly separating migrant children from their parents. And she said verbatim, I'm working my ass off on the Christmas stuff that, you know, who gives a fuck about the Christmas stuff and decorations, but I need to do it. Right. (laughs) Okay. And then I do it. And I say that I'm working on Christmas and planning for the Christmas. Say, Oh, what about the children that they were separated? Give me a fucking break. Where they were saying anything uh, when Obama did that, I cannot go. I was trying to get the kid reunited with the mom. I didn't have a chance. Needs to go through the process and through the law. And she is just ranting about the fact that she is trying to do the Christmas decorations. And all they're asking her about is the fucking kids in the cages being separated from their parents. And Melania can't, you guys. She can't. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I mean, you know, uh, it's like, I mean, she wore that jacket a couple of years ago. I was like, I don't oh, care. So now, you. yes. Now we know that was a deliberate political statement mm-hmm. and not just a fashion faux pas. Her her little jacket that said, I really don't care. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Melania, a lot of people care about their about kids getting separated from their parents. Can you believe? Yeah, it's really just like, I mean, these these people have been so insulated from any sort of criticism their whole lives that it's just like they don't they don't know how to deal with people asking them questions, like basic questions anymore. You know, okay. I mean, cause I mean, you know, for as long as they've been together, her and Donald, they've just been, you know, they're, they're like, they were New York elite, you know, real estate developers or whatever you want to call them. And like, you know, they, they, they led their organization and nobody could say a bad word to them, you know, the, for better or worse. So, you know, that's the, and, and so now they're in the public eye and they just, they have no idea how to handle it when people ask them questions, not even like criticism, just people asking them questions. They right. just, they have, they have no idea how to handle anybody not like pledging complete fealty to them. And guys, if you can even believe it, it was just a week ago. This will feel like maybe a hundred years ago. Uh, Brad Parscale, is that how you say his name? Parscale? I think it's Parscale, yeah. Parscale, a former Trump campaign manager, uh, was taken to the hospital after police responded to a call Sunday afternoon about him threatening suicide. Now, again, any other year, any other presidency, this would have been a huge fucking scandal that would have just been in the news cycle for months and months and months. Barely a blip on the radar because so much other shit happened. According to the Washington Post, it was Parscale's wife who called local authorities, informing officers that they arrived on the scene, that her husband was armed and had access to firearms in their Florida home. Authorities were able to talk to Parscale and persuade him to come out. There was some speculation that there was like domestic violence. She's denying that. Of course, who knows the truth? A lot of times right. domestic violence victims, because they're afraid for their safety or like, um, you know, financial reasons, whatnot, will deny that stuff. Yeah. Um, but that was in an early report, too. Yeah. I mean, that was a wild video, too. I mean, it, like, it's funny because it's like uh, when it came out, I think a lot of people were conflicted because the video is very strange because it's like 
the cops just tackle him for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> like, there was a like a, a weird like drop kick there, him and like Yeah, there was a brutality aspect to it where it was like, okay, even if this guy was threatening suicide, he was pretty much clearly not a threat at that point and then they just randomly tackle him (laughs) very weird very weird yeah like there was no provocation he's just standing there talking to the police and like two police officers come from off screen and just tackle him it was funny how uh, like even liberals were like whoa (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) it was also funny too because it was like a bunch of like republicans were like wow like the police are brutal and i was like yes I yes. love how Republicans are like, guys, I'm starting to think the police are too violent and COVID <laughs> is kind of a problem. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was also, I, it, does, it must be said, that was like one of the most Florida videos I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. As soon as I saw it was Florida, I was like, yeah. Yeah. He's like standing outside, out there with like no shirt and jorts and just like, yeah. Yeah, it was a very, very, very Florida video. The only way it could have been more of a Florida video is if he was like wrestling an alligator. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Parscale's an interesting guy. I mean, he got fired recently for some reason. I don't remember why. He and Trump had some sort of dust up and he got he got fired. I think I could guess what happened. (laughs) But he's basically the he's basically like the he was the architect of the Trump the Trump 2016 strategy of like, we're not buying ads. We're not like, yeah, right. That, that sort of like guerrilla internet insurgent. Yeah. He was just like, we're, I, there, there was, um, I forget which documentary, there's a documentary about, about Trump and, and Parscale would get interviewed in there. He's basically like, we spent like a couple of grand on like Facebook ads, but otherwise it's like people, like the press are doing the advertisement. Like every time Trump talks, and so he was basically the architect for that. And now he's just, uh, I guess, uh, in jail. I don't, I don't know what happened to him. After well, that's the, the thing. Cause there were some people who were like, why is this still a big story? He's a former campaign manager. It's like, no, this is the, the architect of the Trump campaign. He's the reason he's in the white house. Right. Like, so it matters that this is the guy who's like, fully having a meltdown right now right well plus it's also a good and it's like you know with, with like all these people like michael cohen paul yeah. manafort it's like just a great indication of the type of people that trump surrounds himself with exactly um you know uh, unstable <laughs> abusive physically and emotionally uh assholes yeah want to be want to be gangsters yep but not smart enough to be gangsters, which is saying a lot because <laughs> gangsters can be very dumb. And uh-huh. then, guys, finally, our final good news story, and we'll end on this. Harvey Weinstein is facing six, six, six more sexual assault charges in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. I didn't see this. Yeah. Uh, the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office announced Friday the six new charges three counts of forcible rape and three counts of forcible oral copulation against Weinstein. He's now facing a total of 11 counts of sexual assault in Los Angeles County involving five women. Wow. Yay. Oh boy. And I hope that these women, uh, if they want to get to address him in court and it's uh, at least a little bit healing for them and they're very brave for speaking out and uh they're awesome yeah i hope yeah yeah i hope more comes to this um we'll see i hope every day is excruciating for him and uh every second he wants to die 
but can't and never will and will live forever, (laughs) but want to die and never get the sweet release of death. And that's what I genuinely wish for um, all of the people I've mocked in this episode. (laughs) You're all terrible people. You've caused immeasurable suffering. You deserve every horrible thing happening to you right now. I hope it gets much worse. And I hope. um, Yeah. the, you're right. That would be worse than death, I think. If yeah. like if like if Trump just had COVID forever. Yeah. <laughs> it would really suck to feel like you're drowning forever. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I I hope that for him. And um I hope Twitter bans me for uh <laughs> trying to vent. And um yeah, I hope we I hope in this country we keep acting more offended at people who call genocidal monsters monsters than we do at the actual genocidal monsters. Well, it's also like, what a fucking weird time to draw a line in the sand about this kind of stuff. (laughs) How many years have you had Twitter? (laughs) Yeah, because it's like, it's I mean, it's not even like, it's not even like people want, it's not even people tweeting that they want to kill the president. They just hope he dies. That's right. much different. And they were totally fine with threats against Obama, uh, totally fine with threats against everyone. <laughs> like they were completely fine with all of that. They've never taken a stand or done anything about harassment or threats against people. Like they, they've never done anything like about any of that stuff. And they just picked now to draw a line in the sand about it. Guys, a really easy way to just get around that is uh, don't use his name. I have a friend who at least once a day just tweets, I hope he dies. (laughs) And Twitter can't prove who they're talking about. So Uh maybe just do that. I think Eric knows who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, just do that. Just don't use his name. Um, They're not the thought police. They can't uh, delete you for whatever reason. It has to be a very specific targeted threat. So just don't use his name. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, also, apparently, it's still fine on Facebook, so you can go. Oh there. yeah, let's let's all go back to Facebook <laughs> so we can specifically threaten the life <laughs> of the president. Um, guys, please follow Eric on Twitter at e r e k underscore Smith. No matter how many times I spell your name, people consistently misspell it when they write in e r e k. Guys, please go to patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny for as little as $5 a month. You can support the show, keep us going, all that good stuff. Um, Or just go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button. Every single cent helps keep us going and uh, helps pay for co-hosts like Eric. So much appreciated for that as well. Guys, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And while you're at it, stay inside and cause a little trouble. 